Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through new beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at mystory@newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Divine healing is a matter of faith. Almost all the healings that took place under Jesus' ministry were the result of a person acting in faith. It's almost unreasonable to expect that an individual, a believer, could possibly receive their healing without some aspect of faith, with some faith action being attached to it. Again, we take our example from the Gospels. We take our examples of the Word of God going forth and people hearing the Word of God, latching on to the Word of God, responding in faith, and receiving their healing. The majority, listen, listen, listen. This, here's the flaw in the church, especially today. And I've seen it. I've seen it active for this 34 years that I've been walking with the Lord. Most Christians want to receive a miracle from God out of the blue. Just let me go forth. Just lay your hand on me and let, let's see what happens. But go study Jesus' life, his, his ministry. That's the example that we have. Most of the time when people received their healings under Jesus' ministry, it was not out of the blue. And it was not initiated by Jesus. It was initiated by the individuals who were in need. They said something. They did something that re- caused a reaction caused power to come from the Lord Jesus Christ. And they, and they received their healing. How many times do we hear Jesus in the gospel saying, your faith has made you whole? Amen? So, so please, if you've been thinking along those lines, well, you know, just someday, someday, some No, some days today. Faith is now. Salvation is now. God's not withholding your healing. He's not waiting for you to go to to, to jump through hoops. He's already given you your healing. It's up to you to receive it, and you receive it by faith. Amen? Since faith comes by hearing the Word of God, then it is worth it for us to do an in-depth study into what the Bible says about healing, specifically what we've been studying for these past four weeks up up until tonight is the question, is it God's will for us to be healed? Now, listen to me. There's, I'm going to do a teaching in this series down the road, but just let me, I feel like I need to share this one little thing tonight. If you're in your vocabulary is the phrase, I just think God's trying to teach me something through this. You are wrong. And, and honestly, that's, that's equal to blasphemy. Why would God use something that he placed on the Lord Jesus Christ as punishment for our sins, why would he take that same thing then, put it on you to teach you something? It makes no sense whatsoever. But the devil be right there. And usually the devil will speak with, with religious language and spiritual language and it'll sound so spiritual and your mind goes, yeah, yeah, I, I must be special. God wants to teach me something. God wants to teach you something. He uses his word. That's why you have a Bible. When he's going to teach you something, he teaches you through the word. Amen? What you're talking about is judgment. And the enemy doesn't want you to recognize what that is. 
But guess what? If you're a Christian, if you are a believer, if you have confessed the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, there is no judgment waiting for you because that judgment was placed on Jesus. But when you speak words like that, you are insinuating that God is going to put the same judgment on you that he put on Jesus. Now, if you were Jesus, how would you feel? I'd be like, what did I go through this for if you're still going to put that on them? Is this too much common sense tonight? This is where people get, get, get really messed up. But it sounds so spiritual. And you might have even read somebody's book where they just went through so much. And just God just, just put them through hell because they had such lessons to learn. Understand, church, we're living in a day with a scripture that Paul wrote to Timothy, that in the last days it would be seducing spirits, doctrines of demons. Doctrines of demons don't show up to and go, uh, hey, I'm the devil, here's what I want to tell you. Doctrines of demons show up very spiritually, very subtly. They sound so good. It sounds like such common sense. They're just wrong. And they will lead you away from the grace of God. They will lead you away from the the truth of God and get you into where you start now forming a belief of your own. And you will say stuff like this. Well, you know, I know the word says that, but the way I see it is, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but the way you see it don't amount to a hill of beans if it doesn't line up with the word of God. The word of God is a final authority. So, we have seen that the best way to settle that question, is it God's will for us to be healed, is to see what the Bible says. Again, just doing a quick review. 3 John chapter 2, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as your what? Soul prospers. Just as your soul prospers. Don't take this as a blanket statement, but it's probably about 98% true. Maybe the reason why you're not seeing prosperity and you're not seeing health, is that because your soul is not prospering. I know it's a tough one to swallow, but what would you rather, be petted and go on and stay poor and sick, or would you rather gain some awareness and go, whoa, so I can change this? Yeah. I don't know what it is about us Christians that we think that God always puts us in a condescending position where Jesus did everything to lift us up onto the same level as himself. Are you you listening to me? So so the devil will take stuff and make you believe, well, no, no, I could never, I could never attain anything. I could never accomplish anything. It's really, and you hear this, it's not about me. It's all about him. Yeah, well, we know that. But... God in his mercy, God in his grace, God in his plan of salvation, his plan of salvation was not to let Jesus go and die on the cross so that you and I could still grovel in the dust. Adam was not meant to grovel in the dust. The only thing that was created to grovel in the dust and really came because of sin was the serpent, the enemy. He's, he's, he's wanting to lift us up and bring us to the position Remember, the second Adam, Jesus, came to restore what the first Adam lost. 
So could you put that scripture back up there again? So, so your healing may be as easy as start concentrating on building your soul up. The scripture says, I think I'm going to cover it in a little while, the strong spirit of a man sustains him in time of trouble, of original language, in time of sickness. If, if your soul is not full of the word of God, if your soul doesn't take delight being in the presence of God, if your soul is not used to being under the shadow of the Almighty, how in God's name is this going to take place and how is this going to manifest? Why? Why? Because, well, you, why? Because God says, no, you didn't learn enough. No, it has nothing to do with that. It has to do with the fact that the lack of this and the lack of this thrives on ignorance. Living translation. Dear friend, I hope all is well with you and that you're as healthy in body as you are strong in spirit. Young's literal translation. Beloved, concerning all things, I desire thee to prosper and be in health, health, even as your soul doth prosper. Doth prosper. So, so doth prosper, prosper means that I'm growing. My soul is prospering. My soul is full of the word. When you go, word comes out. Okay, did you ever get a sponge that's really full of water? Right? right? Nobody, in this, nobody in this room ever had a sponge in their life. You know, those, those little squishy things, you put them in the sink, sometimes they have a rough side. When, you, that, when that is really full of water, it, you don't have to, all you gotta do is look at it and realize, you just touch it a little bit, what comes out? Water. That's the way it's supposed to be with us. We're soldiers. And Paul said, a soldier is not supposed to occupy themselves with the things of this world. A soldier is supposed to concern himself with the things of the kingdom. He lives or she lives to please the one who enlisted them. This is shifting here tonight. I gotta go with it. Your life is not supposed to be yours. I was having a conversation with somebody, someone who I, I really love and respect. They said a person posed a question to this individual. When do you have me time? Me time? I had a ton of me time when I was going to hell. <laughs> what do you do for fun? This? <laughs> Jerry, what do you do for fun? This? What do you do for fun? This? Now, does that mean, oh my gosh, I could never live a life like that? Well, maybe you're not called to live the life to that extent. But you see, when you got born again, somebody had to die. Two people can't live in the same body. Either Jesus is the one who's living through me, or my old nature is the one who's living through me. Which way do you want it? Let me ask you a question. What would you rather have? I'm telling you, 
I know this is prophetic. I know it is, but we're going to see a massive wave take place in this next year of people coming back to Jesus. And I'm not talking about backsliders. I am not talking about backsliders. I'm not talking about the ones that fell off the wagon. I'm talking about those of us that come every week. We're here, we're here, we're here, we're here, we're here. Massive awakening that I need to consecrate myself to the Lord Jesus Christ. I need to stop doing things, thinking things, saying things that displease him. We forget that he's king. You don't mess with the king. Are you listening to me? There's going to be some people that are going to fall away because they're not going to be, they're just, their heart is just not going to be in it. But guess what? Out of that process is going to come forth an army. Out of that process is going to come forth a, a, a group of people that are no nonsense, and they're like, I get, take the world and everything it's got, but give me Jesus. And let me tell you, when that happens, you're going to see sickness and disease begin to flee people's lives. You're going to see poverty and oppression just go. Things are going to turn around and people are not going to know, how did this happen? Because when you dwell under the shadow of the Almighty, everything he has becomes available to you. So, soul prosperity. We're still, I'm still reviewing from last week. Soul prosperity involves feeding on the word of God. Putting the word, you know what? I didn't finish my thought before. No, we need to see this because too many people, you see, especially if you're dealing with sickness and disease, you start tolerating it and you start adjusting your life to the sickness and disease, not telling the sickness and disease, you've got to go because this is the life I have to live. You listen to me? Now watch this now. Go back to that scripture in 3 John chapter 2, uh, verse 2. You having fun tonight? I'm having fun tonight. Give me the New King James. It's N J K New King James. It was here it is. Is that it? Watch this now. Watch this now. Tell me who the attention is on here. Tell me who the attention. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and that you be in health just as your soul prospers. Can I ask you this question here? Now, really think about this. I'm not just, I'm not just believe me, I'm not trying to just waste time here. I want to drive this point across because there's another scripture I'm going to go to. After this, I'm going to go to Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. Okay? Watch this now. Who has the ability to prosper the soul? Is God going to come and prosper your soul? No. Are angels going to come and prosper your soul? No. Is your pastor going to come and prosper your soul? No. I, I can help you, and we can do it together, but I can't make you listen. So the, the condition here is not on God. It's not on the Holy Ghost. It's not on Jesus. It's not on angels. The person that's going to do the qualifying for this and this is who? You're going to make your soul prosper. Could you imagine this? You're going to make your soul prosper. Joshua 1.8. Because we think, well, it's, I'm, just, I'm just nothing but, 
just, uh, just a dirty, filthy sinner, and I'm weak, and I just, you know, I just have all these, you know, just, just, you know, I just want God to come and do it. I just want God to come and do it. Just God come, you know, just come at night, just do an overhaul, and when I wake up tomorrow morning, we'll never say it, but it's what we think. Because religion has taught you that you are here and God is here. Yet Jesus suffered and died. You didn't like that. You, you didn't like that. No, you didn't like that. You like the religious thing. You like, oh, we're just down here. So, so, so God's good. Oh, here's another. God knows my heart. I really want to do a lot of things, but you know, I'm just here, and God is here. Jesus said, the works that I do shall you do also, and greater works than these, because I go to my Father. That doesn't sound like somebody who's, who's down weak in the dust. That sounds like somebody who's like, come up here. I got to go. I need you to take this and run with it. You can't take it and run with it if you see yourself way down here and me over here. I have lifted you up. Joshua chapter 1. This is Old Testament. This isn't even a person who has the Holy Spirit living in them. Old Testament. They're still slaughtering animals to get their sins covered. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may what? Observe to do. That who's going to do it? We do. Observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then, when? 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 Then. Then what? When the book of the law is constantly in your mouth, when you're meditating on a day and night, when you're observing to do, not just saying it, not just mouthing scriptures, not just reciting scriptures, but you're actually doing what it says. When it tells you to love one another, you're loving. When it tells you to forgive, you're forgiving. When it tells you to go and, and pray for somebody, you pray. When it tells you to go uh, lift somebody's burden, you lift it. When it tells you to give, you give. When it tells you to put God first, you put God first. Amen. Then he said, what? For then, for then, for then, say this. Come on, say it. For then what? For then who? You will do what? Make your way prosperous. And then you will have good success. We're waiting for God to bring the good success. And God's saying, if you will line up here, you don't even have to ask me. Are you listening to me? It's got to be in our mouth. As soon as lies come from the enemy, first thing's got to come out of our mouth is not saying what the enemy says, but saying what the word says. Amen. Using Jesus as an example, the enemy came to him three times with temp tempting him in a, in a very real way. And three times Jesus answered with, it is written. When we don't do these things, when we don't feed on the word, when we don't put the word into action, when we don't make lifestyle, our lifestyle a lifestyle of forgiveness, when we don't make our soul love God and love people, when we don't do that, we impoverish our souls and we make them weak. Here's the scripture I talked about before, Proverbs 18, 14. I pray that you'll go and study this. I pray that you'll observe, you'll just go and make it real to you. 
The strong spirit of a man sustains him in bodily pain or trouble, but a weak and broken spirit, who can raise up or bear? You want to ward off the enemy's attacks? Stay strong in the word. He's not stupid. He's got limited forces. He's not going to come after somebody who's strong in the word. He comes after those who he knows have impoverished themselves. You know, Pastor, I I used to be one of those people. I used to read the Bible. You know, I read it once. Now, let's move on here. Got 16 minutes and 9, 8, 7 seconds. When Peter preached the gospel, the question is, does God want Jesus to heal people? Did God want Jesus to heal people? Yeah, we say, yeah, okay, where's your proof? When Peter preached the gospel to Cornelius, it's recorded for us in Acts chapter 10, 38. Peter summarized the ministry of Jesus by saying this, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Let me ask you this question. Is God with you? Yes. Not everybody answered. Amen. Is God with you? Yes. Are you born again? Yes. Is God in you? Yes. Then the same God that raised Jesus from the dead and the same God that healed through Jesus when he was on the earth is the same God that will do it for you, to you, and through you if you let him. This isn't, this isn't baby stuff here tonight. This is powerful stuff. I'm, I'm really trusting God that you're soaking it in and soaking it in and soaking it in. And I hope by the time we're done with the series, and I'll, I'll keep teaching. My wife said tonight, how much longer? Until further notice. <laughs> Why? People keep getting sick. Yes, people keep getting sick, don't they? Don't we have friends that keep getting sick? Don't we, don't we all know people that are like, some of them are like hanging from a thread? You think they're worth the investment? Yeah, I think so. Watch this now. Let's read this again. How God, this is Acts 10, 38. You want to write it down. How God anointed, watch this now, Jesus of heaven. Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. And he went about doing good healing. Doing good healing. So healing is a bad thing or a good thing? Would Jesus do something bad? Would he do something contrary to the will of the Father? Would Jesus go heal somebody and God say, why did you do that? I had it in for that person. I didn't want you to heal them. He went about doing good and healing all that were who? oppressed of the who? The devil. For God was with him. God was with him. Now, I'm going to give you something that we're going to spend more time in weeks to come. When I get to the point about how to minister, how to deliver healing, how to get other people healed. Because the devil said, you can't do that. You're not Jesus. No, Jesus didn't do it as God. Go to the beginning of the scripture again. Watch this now. Now, Peter's preaching to a group of Gentiles. The top one of these Gentiles is a man named Cornelius. He's Italian. (laughs) 
Go read Acts chapter 10. It's, it's, it's amazing revelation. Peter's talking about Jesus, how God anointed Jesus of heaven, Jesus the Messiah, the son of the living God, or Jesus of Nazareth. Are you catching this? Now, don't you dare go out of here and say that I blasphemed against the Lord Jesus Christ. He is God. He was God. He always will be God. But when he came to this earth in order to empower you and I, he operated as a man on this earth, anointed, full of the Holy Ghost. Because if he operated as God, how could he tell you and I to go do the same things he did? You're not God, contrary to what you think. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the, with the who? The Holy Spirit and with power. That sounds real powerful. And with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. The same God that was with him is the same God that's with you. And so the command that he gave every one of us, lay hands on the sick and they will recover, was not given, was not given to pastors and evangelists and teachers and apostles and prophets only. It was a command to the entire church. You have just as much ability in you to lay hands on the sick and to command them to recover. You listening to me? Start seeing yourself that way. Stop copping out. I'm not a pastor. You want me to tell the truth? I got more people saved before I pastored than now. I got way more people saved before I was a pastor. Got way more people healed now than now. Why? Because I spent my whole life out in public where all the people are that need to get saved and all the people are that really are sick and sick, sick, sick. You listening to me? Because I, I understood this principle. Wasn't that the special about me? Well, God knew eventually you'd become a pastor. It had nothing to do with it. If I never became a pastor, I'd still have that same ability that Jesus Christ gave. You have it. But if you don't believe it, you're not going to use it. And people are going to die. And people will stay sick. And when we get to heaven, you'll have to give an accountability of why. You did not use what was available to you. So skip what I just said because I'm going to tell you again in a few weeks. All right. So how has God instructed us pertaining to healing? Exodus chapter 23. Now we're going to talk about instruction, instruction, instruction. Let me tell you something, okay? When you buy a piece of furniture from Ikea, and you brag about the good deal that you got. And how it's so cool. It's just so cool looking. It's just so cool looking. Yeah, it's cool looking in the showroom. In order for it to be cool looking in your house, you've got to follow directions. instructions, directions. All right? Now, can I ask you this question ahead of time? I'm setting you up. Would they give you instructions if they didn't expect you to put it together? So the fact that they're giving you instructions means what? There's an expectation for you to use those instructions to put that piece of furniture together. Yes or no? Yes. 
I'm going to read through these fast, and then we'll talk about it again next week. Exodus 23, 25. So you shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and your water, and I will take sickness away from the midst of you. Psalm 91, 14. And I will rescue those who love me, and I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with long life and give them my salvation. Proverbs 4.20. My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deeply into your heart, for they will bring life to those who find them and healing to all their body. Right? Do we have instruction? One more. James chapter 5, verse 14. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. There's one to chew on, because that's written to believers whose sins are already supposed to be forgiven. I'm not even going to get into that yet. Let me ask you this, let me ask you this question. Why give us, and this, uh, this is very limited, there were dozens and dozens more scripture giving us instruction about healing. Let me ask you this question. If it wasn't his will for you to be healed, if it wasn't his will for healing power to be available today, why in God's name would he give us all these instructions? What does he like to tease us? Here. Can't have it. Doesn't even make sense. Let's flip it over to another area. Some people say, the Holy Spirit doesn't act the way he did years ago today. When he was around, when the apostles were around, it was a different thing. The Holy Spirit doesn't act that way. Then why would we have so much instruction? How to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. Tongues passed away after the first disciples, first apostles. Tongues doesn't exist today. Okay, do you think God knew that? Why would he give us so much instruction pertaining to the gifts of the Spirit, especially that gift, of speaking in a supernatural language, why would he give us instruction for something that we can't use today? Yes or no? If it wasn't his will for you to have a dime in your pocket, if it was his will for you to stay poor constantly, why would Almighty God, who is all wisdom, give you instruction about what to do with your money if he didn't intend for you to have it? You think he just teases us? Stop thinking like the world thinks. Stop having your mind clouded with religious thinking. God is a God of common sense. He's very practical. Just by virtue of the fact that we have tons of instruction as it pertains to healing, tons of instruction as it pertains to the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit, tons of instruction having to do with what you're supposed to do with your money, where you're supposed to put it, what, how you're supposed to spend it, how you're supposed to save it, how you're supposed to honor God. Why would you have all that instruction if it was never his will for you to operate in that? It doesn't make any sense. Then let me ask you this question. If those instructions don't matter, then why did the instructions for salvation matter? So then our salvation is not secure because how do we know that those instructions are just, well, that was for then, but it's not for now. You listening? Either there is or it isn't. The fact of the matter is this. The enemy would love to keep us ignorant of those topics I just covered. Love to keep us ignorant, first of all, of salvation. Love to keep us ignorant about healing so we're all sick and can't do anything. Would love to keep us ignorant of the Holy Spirit so that we cannot operate in that power that Jesus did. And would love to keep you ignorant of your finances so that you could stay poor, miserable, and blame God for it 
the whole time you live on this earth. Wake up, church. Open your eyes. Jesus came to earth. If I was to ask you a question, number one would say, to die on the cross for our sins. Then why didn't he just show up for three days? Could have showed up, they would have crucified him, been in the ground three days in the tomb, raised from the dead, ascend to heaven, job would have been done. But he wasn't here just for three days. He was here for probably anywhere from 30 to 33 years, closer to 33 years. Jesus did not only come to die on the cross for our sins. Jesus came to reveal the Father. Because what good is it if we get saved and we don't know what we're saved, who, who we're saved by and what we're saved for? So we just, oh, we're just not all going to, we're not going to hell. How'd that happen? I don't know. We'd be like that guy that got healed and went into the temple. They said, who did this? I don't know, some guy passed by. Yes or no? Is this just too much common sense tonight? Is it, do you, am I at fault for ripping all the religiosity off of this stuff? Jesus, Jesus came to reveal the Father to the people who had forgotten what he was like. And in revealing the Father, Jesus did everything that the Father would do himself if he was here in person. He's the physical manifestation of the Father here on earth. Colossians chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. In other words, in this body, in that body, was all the fullness of God. Yet look at the mercy. Although he was God, is God, always will be God, for our sake, it tells us in Philippians, he put aside his divine nature. That's love. Verse 10 and you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. Jesus is the physical manifestation of God the Father on the earth. Jesus is the head of everything. And watch this now. And you are complete in him. That tells me out of him, I'm incomplete. Now, you can live on this earth as a Christian, as a believer, and your spirit, watch this, your spirit is complete in him, but if your soul is not prospering, then you live incomplete in that realm. And that's why we have so, of course, nobody in here. That's why we have so many Christians that live frustrated, that live unfulfilled, because their soul is in the natural realm, their spirit is in the realm of God. And your spirit is constantly trying to pull you Come on, come on. Don't watch that. Don't look at that. Don't involve yourself in that. Come, come away, come away, come away. Get away from this stuff. Start absorbing and start digesting the word of God. And you're like, ah. Paul experienced it. He said, the things that I want to do, I don't do, and the things that I don't want to do, I end up doing. listening to me the most important thing we could do especially for our physical health is to make sure that our soul is prospering and you are going to have to and i pray this in the name of jesus that every person in this room in the name of the lord jesus christ would allow the holy spirit to do an inventory 
and you say, no, it's got to go. Get stronger in this area. Stop that. Start this. Stop watching that. Stop looking at that. Start observing this. As our souls prosper, you'll start seeing health. You'll start seeing strength. You'll start seeing peace of mind, peace of soul. You start, you start operating in power like you never had before. Are you listening? Yes. Father, open up our eyes tonight, Lord God. Father, do that inventory on the inside of each and every one of us, Lord. Father, cause us to become sober. Cause us to become serious about the things of God. Cause us to, to, to Father, to have that sense and to gain that sense of urgency. That we don't have time to waste. That people are precious. And that you want to manifest yourself through us to touch others. Lord, I pray for a hunger and a thirst for the word like never before in our midst, Father. That we would just, just be desperate to just absorb, to digest, to feed on the word of God. And Father, I pray that prayer from Ephesians chapter 1 that you would grant unto every one of us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God. That the eyes of our understanding, Father, the eyes of our spirit, man, would be flooded with light that we would know what the hope of your calling is, Father, and what our inheritance is among the saints. Lord, I pray that you do that in our midst so that we can come up to a level like never before, being effective, Father, not, not effective in, uh, look how successful I am, but effective in leading people to Christ, letting Jesus shine through us. No matter, even if it costs us, even if there's sacrifice involved, even if I've got to take second place so that person can take first place, Father, we'd be willing to do that, Lord. Give us a revelation of who you are. Give us a revelation of the Lord Jesus and a revelation of the Holy Spirit like never before. Give us a revelation of your word, Father, and the grace that it imparts into our lives. Open our eyes, Father, that we could see wondrous things in your word. Father, we trust you for this tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Listen, listen. If there's anybody here in this room that has never taken the opportunity to just declare with your mouth what you believe in your heart about the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, if you have never yet received a free gift of salvation, well, how would I know? You'll know. You know if you are and you know if you ain't. It's just something that happens on the inside. If you've never taken that step to pray a simple prayer to ask Jesus Christ to become your Lord and your Savior, that his spirit will come and live on the inside of you, I pray that you will not leave this room tonight until you settle that issue. When we die, predetermined already from what you did in this life, where you're gonna go. After you take your last breath, it is too late to make any kind of determination. You must determine while you're still in this life who is your Lord and who is your Savior. The Bible tells us it's very simple, very simple, very simple. God knew how to make it simple or else we would mess the whole thing up. He said, if you will declare, if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, that he is Lord and that God raised him from the dead, 
if you will declare with your mouth that you believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins, paid for those sins so that you could receive forgiveness, you will declare your faith in Jesus Christ, the Bible says, instantly, your spirit comes to life in God. And it's the only determination, it's the only distinguishing factor between a person who spends eternity in heaven, in the presence of God, or a person who spends eternity separated from God in a very horrible place. It is not about what you did here. It is not about what, what it's, it's not about any of the deeds, the good deeds, the bad things. Pastor, you don't understand how bad my life has been. There's no way that God could forgive me. Are you kidding me? He's already forgiven you. It's just up to you to receive that fact. If that's you, do not leave this room tonight without settling that issue. Come up front. There's people up here that will pray with you, and you will leave this place tonight a different person. Your spirit will be alive and connected with God. The Holy Spirit will come to live inside you, and you will be a new creation in Christ. Amen? God bless you. If you need prayer, come on up. Thanks for listening to this message. We pray that you're blessed and lifted up by God's word. If this message helped you today, please consider supporting New Beginnings financially. You can just go to newbeginningsnj.org and click the giving tab. We hope to see you soon.